0: Hello there and welcome to the comic book Tesseract, the only comic netcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I'm Justin Chalupka alongside Jason Polioff. Join us as we review and preview the world of comics, along with other facets of geeky culture. Had a little stumble there, that's not too bad.
1: It's okay. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. You're still going to go with that voice, huh?
1: Well, why not? It's a free country. I can speak with my natural speaking voice if I so choose.
0: As the uh, Budweiser lizard said. Let it go, Louis. Just let it go.
1: I'm not letting anything go. For the love of God, please. (laughs) We are not dropping a
0: beat. I wonder if they could do like a Looney Tunes Harlem Shake. That'd be kind of cool. I I bet you they. could Who would be the one dancing in the background to start it though? Daffy. Daffy would just be bouncing around the screen to start it off. No, 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 no. That'd be too wild. That'd be too wild. Actually. Porky would be interesting, no, 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 no. but actually, no, it'd be whoever... Marvin the, pers- the Martian. Nah, no, no. people pay attention to Marvin. It, it has to be somebody that nobody pays it, attention it, it, to.
1: It would be Yosemite Sam in one of his little anger rage fits where he shakes up and down like a salt shaker. And just that little shake up and down, like he's uh, bouncing I'm up and Lester, down.
0: No, you know what? We have to go back to Marvin the Martian because he's the only one that wears a helmet. He does,
1: he does wear a he's helmet. He's the only
0: one that wears a helmet.
1: But Yosemite has the hat. It'd have to be covered in his face. Yeah. Bugs just pulled it in front of his face.
0: Yeah.
1: gossamer it would be gossamer
0: uh, Cause tough just, call because he's just giant call. hair no I know I know he's a
1: monster monsters disease such interesting Oh you're going guys. right back to that aren't you I
0: knew you were gonna go there <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there all right
1: <laughs> who knew he was moving all hair. on he was all hair who knew okay. So we got a lot of comics this week. Yeah, we both we had like huge giant, stacks.
0: fat stacks for the past two weeks. I still have a whole <laughs> other stack that I got to go through for this week.
1: I yeah, I still got I got my stack for this week. You got yeah. a couple this week. I know you've already read Batman. How was it? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's the conclusion <laughs> for Death of the Family. So out with a bang. I, <laughs> nice. No, I'm not. No, I'm
1: we're we're, we're keep it low key just yeah. say you, no, I'm just read, saying, I, it's it. it's in my nice. it's in my bag. I'm going to go back and be oh, reading
0: yeah. it shortly. So, okay. And, uh, another one that concludes this week that I'm a little bit bummed about because I think I missed some in the middle is, uh, Mouse Guard Black Axe. That's, ah. that's a number six that I've been really waiting for.
1: Yeah. And, and you've been really enjoying that Mouse Guard series. So. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's one guy doing the art and, well, basically doing everything. So it comes out kind of slow, but every time it comes out, it's still always really, really good. So. Yeah. So, Can't I mean, knock that. You,
1: you got to love those independent books that keep struggling and making their way out to, to market. Oh you know, yeah. Sometimes, particularly if they're short series, they can do the whole thing and then put it, push it to press. Like here's a four issue mini or here's mm-hmm. a three issue mini. But well, Mouse when Guard is ongoing. Like like Mouse Guard, it's yeah, yeah. You know, well, especially if they're trying to, yeah, you know, if they're doing it as a side project. Or you know, well, no, this
0: is his main thing. Well, uh, but but like well, he's doing it all himself. Of course, it takes a longer. But he's you know, also
1: got to be making a living. So. Is Mouse Guard enough to support him? which most independent think comics, so, as a single, because he also not.
0: sold it off as an RPG game as well.
1: Okay, so maybe he's getting into some side Yeah, he's comp- doing other stuff the with the property.
0: Uh, so does he write
1: but, faster than
0: George R. R. Martin? Oh, yeah, everybody writes faster than George R. R. Martin. Oh, okay. the, the Great Bearded Glacier, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, not only that, but he's now got uh, at least two other projects in the works with HBO that will be preventing him from George R. R. Martin writing does? as fast. Yeah, he's got oh, two projects with God. HBO. Two shows that he's working on. That's
0: like freezing molasses. It's just redundant.
1: <laughs> it's it's the
0: pitch drop experiment. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Anyways. Um, but one of the other things that we've had over the past couple weeks is there have been a whole lot of number ones. we got a lot of number ones. Because uh, the the Now Initiative over at Marvel has dropped a bunch of new titles in this past week. Yeah. And
1: they're going to continue to be rolling out. Yeah.
0: And, you know, Image always has stuff that's churning as well as Dark Horse. Surprisingly, Dark Horse is one that's had a lot of new stuff coming out and will be coming out in the next few months. Right. That's supposed to be really, really good, or at least I'm looking forward to.
1: We also talked about the uh, 10 for 10 that they're coming out.
0: Yep, yep. So. Um, but uh, a number one that came out this week I want to ask you about is Emily and the Strangers. Okay. Because I saw this and it gave me a sort of like Adam's Family vibe, uh, Lucy, Daughter of the Devil – it, Lenore, the little depressed girl type thing. It, it, it is kind of like
1: a, a Wednesday, and it, it's interesting because I'm looking at the art and I keep seeing the drawing of this character. I'm thinking she's like eight, ten years old, and, but through this, I'm t- telling you this story, that, she's she's more like an 18 year old, and I don't, I, yeah, we I'm looks not too getting 18. 18. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, that's just the artist style, and okay. I'm not going, Yeah, aside from being a little, thrown off as I'm trying
0: as the vents trying to place my her age. Well, I mean she's obviously got a somewhat gothic look, which maybe she's trying to push like like the Lolita thing. I would say like an eighteen year old Wednesday
1: from the Adams family. It is kind of she is spent most of the book in her basement. And it's kind of like a cross between Wednesday and Dexter's laboratory. Okay. She's got a bunch of cats (laughs) that are in her laboratory and she's building these uh Rube Goldberg inventions.
0: Okay, so are, are, are the inventions like the center point of the book, or is it um, just on her and her life in general? Is it, it, it a lot of it is just comedic, kind of, serious? Oh, it, what it, the? It, okay, it, it, it never really mind, is I
1: got it. not. It, it's definitely not serious. It's very much esoteric in her head. Yeah, as she's coming up with what these inventions are, and very much coming up with these Rube Goldberg inventions that yep. never seem to work, and her going, okay, well, let me work on something else, and I'll come back to that so I can get that working.
0: And then never come back at, to it.
1: And, uh, well, you've only got one issue. <laughs> Who knows if she'll... Oh, well. It.
0: But right. really, a lot of it is <clears throat>
1: set up to kind of create her character as a loner. Yeah, she's the lonely cat woman. She lives with the We said her she's cats. in a
0: basement. She's living on her own. Crazy she's Cat Lady. Yeah, cat, crazy, crazy Cat Lady. Yeah,
1: Wednesday, the Crazy Cat Lady.
0: But it's her own house, her own yeah. place. She's not, like, living with folks or any other no, type of family at, or anything. At least not
1: presented as ha- okay. having anybody else around. Uh, and on the radio... They have, uh, she starts listening to the radio, and they announce they're having a contest where you can win Professor K's haunted guitar. It's a guitar supposedly haunted by Professor K, okay. who is her idol. So she decides to build... Does it have
0: like a time period that it's set to?
1: No, it's, it, it really is... Not, not of, that you can really tell or uh, anything. Uh, yeah, oh, it's, you had, it's like, really these Goldberg
0: of, machines, like, is there a particular technology, like it's steampunky or something?
1: Uh, it it does have a little bit of elements that are kind of steampunk, mm-hmm. but yeah, steampunk in it itself is out of time.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah, she, she's
1: definitely much more. Yeah, her her gothic dress is much more modern than anything that would be steampunk. Yeah, but some of the inventions have a steampunk element. Well, and the guitar that. itself,
0: electric guitar, so
1: yeah, electric guitar. Right. Um, uh, so she builds this giant music machine to make a recording of, and she has to get it to the studio to the. Uh, I like the poster. To, it's a nice touch. Yeah, she has to get it to the radio station on time. Right. And she actually gets there a little bit late. Okay. But uh, apparently, uh, the guy at the radio station wants to be her friend mm-hmm. because he gets in there, does a little bit of post work, which gets her that sound that she was missing that she couldn't find herself. Yeah. And at the end, she w- she winds up winning the guitar, but she has to team with this, but this guy goes yeah, that's basically. The whole post, I sm-
0: yeah. Well, don't tell me the whole
1: it's, book. It's one of three. So there's, there's two oh, more Oh, it's only issues. of three? Yeah, it's, it's one of three. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a small, limited run. It's not entirely grabbing me, but for three issues, I'm going to stick it out. It, yeah. It's it's fun enough. It's bizarre enough.
0: It's the middle-of-the-road price point, so it's not really bad if you're only doing three.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I, I, it's not like it made me laugh out loud, but it's a bizarre, out-there premise. The, the art is bizarre and out there, and... Yeah, cause a lot of it really does kind of, even with just the art itself, kind of reminds me of a Dexter's laboratory type feel with the inventions. And I'm interested mm-hmm. to see where it's going to go now that she's got what she wants in her grasp, but she has to work with other people to, well, yeah. to accomplish it or somehow pretend that she's working with other people mm-hmm. as, you know, she has these strangers banned. Right. Um, so. Okay. A r- really unique combination and vibe going on in this book. Cool. So, um, actually, since we're t- talking about number ones, I had actually passed you a number one that I wanted to talk about last year. You weren't—you just had too many books to read before yeah, you could get to yet. it. Uh, so, I wanted to ask you about Young Avengers. Okay. Which yeah,
0: is what do you want to know?
1: Well, yeah, you, you're unfamiliar with the with the Young Avengers
0: characters. You didn't read any any yeah, of the previous books. I, right? I know nothing of them other than what a okay. little. The only one I knew kind of anything about would have been. The the child Loki, which I knew, like, something happened to Loki, he was turned back into a kid, and that's about as far as I knew. I don't know anything beyond that. Which is
1: about as much as I knew about the child Loki. Yeah. um, But there are the other characters
0: in in this that are young. So, was it a good introduction to these characters? It was a bit thin, actually. I mean, you'd get a decent feel for them, and their personalities... But only to a point, which is understandable. You don't. You only have twenty pages to do it in. Yeah. Uh, I did find it interesting that out of a group of six people, four of them are in relationships with each other already. Yeah, that was kind of okay. So this is the, well, the high school the musical, really.
1: Yeah, and well, it, it is high schoolers. They are y- younger. Yeah, um, and you know it's kind of de- Marvel's answers to DC's Teen Titans.
0: With with this book. Yeah, but I don't think Teen Titans had that much inter uh Ming- group, mingling Yeah. Yeah.
1: That much fraternizing with their the groups yeah.
0: yeah. So but, no, but it's it's a different turn of the story, so as far as the intro to the book, um if you were to I think it did fairly book. well. Okay. Uh I wasn't real happy with the ending that they provided just because I felt it, it was a bit weak. But, but I can definitely see potential for this group.
1: Was it enough to make you go, I'd like to see what happens next issue to, to, <sighs> to, to get to know these characters, to give the characters a chance to grow? If I didn't have or, enough
0: other things on my plate that were okay. better, I would say yes.
1: Right, if, like if I pick up issue two, would you go, can I borrow that? Or would you go, no?
0: I might, okay. especially if it's a particularly slow week that week. I would. I definitely would. Okay, but Like I said, I mean, with the stacks we have and with a lot of good <laughs> things that are coming out, it, right. it, like, that's what I think would definitely fall to A Calling of the herd. I don't think right. there's anything truly spectacular about it that really makes it stand out from the crowd. Okay, I think it'll be a solid book, but I don't think it'll be an extraordinary book. Right.
1: I, actually, uh, it doesn't usually say stand out from the crowd because a lot of the books for me that are standing out from the crowd
0: hmm. are non-Big 2 books. Yeah. I've, well, yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, Dark Horse had a big influx. Image right. is always, you know, rolling out new stuff all the time. And uh, Top Cow, I know, has had ones that we've both been just absolutely loving.
1: Yeah. Actually, might as well go ahead and talk about one of those right now okay. from Top Cow, which is Think Tank, which it's not a number one, but it is the beginning of a new arc. It's yeah. It's
0: number we've, five. We've talked about Think Tank before where it's we, – we've called it the uh, real genius sequel in a yeah. manner of speaking. But this arc takes the character in a whole new direction. He's not that character anymore. He's somebody else. And I, st- yeah. I still hope and think, and I have a feeling you probably do too, that he <laughs> has that that master plan in the back of his head of what he's doing. Because for right now, it seems like he's sold out.
1: And, and that's exactly what I think the book is positioning you for, is they want it to look like he's sold out. And they, they're giving you just enough rope to hang yourself with yeah. that he's going, that I think he's trying to do something like uh, what Guillotine did with the invention of the Guillotine. What Gatling did with the invention oh, of the Gatling gun, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. try and create something so horrific, so horrible. That nobody will um, use it. That nobody will ever want to do that again. And as, as we know, with both of those previous cases, it doesn't
0: work. Well, more than that too, though. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get into yeah. that because I don't want to get into with, the book myself, but. yeah, um,
1: Which could, could give whole new implications for where this book is going to go in the
0: future, well, with yeah. that character's arc if that happens. And the best, one of the best things I like about Think Tank is the stuff they yeah. put in the back of it. Where yeah. they actually go through and all the little pieces that were in that book, all the tech and all the the the, they the, the quasi-science, real, they give you the real yeah. science yeah. and the real oh, story. Because
1: it's not quasi-science in the book. It's actually it's Some actually stuff is. The, like
0: the surface thought reader that they had in the first arc, that not one. quite there yet. But no. he talks about this is where we are with it. Yeah. We're not quite at where oh, yeah. he's taken it, so by, by that stuff,
1: okay, yeah, I can I can see
0: that. Um, something else to that I was going to talk to you about. Right, uh, I dropped Superman about oh a while ago. Yeah, I was going to say about four months ago, give or yeah. take. I, yeah. I dropped it right before the Hell on Earth arc started.
1: Uh, you dropped it a little bit before that. Was before that? I yeah, thought it was like, you dropped yeah. it. A, a, good, a couple issues before that. Okay, uh, which. Now, if you had dropped it right before Hell on Earth, I would have been going, what are you doing? Because you enjoyed Lobdell's work on Red Hood and the Outlaws. And this is the arc, his inaugural arc on Superman is mm-hmm. Hell on Earth. And, or, Which I never really, really put Earth, two and Earth.
0: two together, but is the same artist that was working on Red Hood as well? Uh, yes, it, actually it is. Okay.
1: It, yeah, it's Ken Rockerford. Oh, Rockerford. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was going to
0: say, cause I liked Rockford's art in Red Hood.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's a very stylized... O- almost a self shaded polygon. Yeah. yeah, Look to the art. I don't mind it. It, it, it doesn't detract from me, and I wouldn't. Yeah, if, if he was working with another writer, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna go. I don't like the art. I'm not gonna buy well, it. Because
0: Lovedale, I think you said you but, don't particularly care for. Yeah, I, I don't. You feel like his jokes miss the mark, and
1: I, I don't particularly think he has develops characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tells the story that he wants to tell, but he doesn't.
0: He does it him. by making the characters do what he wants them yeah, to do in his story. He makes the characters fit right. the
1: story, not the story fit the characters.
0: Yeah. and Which I will say, with Lovedale's run on Red Hood, I liked some of the things he was doing mm-hmm. with the characters because they were different. Well, uh, but in the same vein, I, I didn't particularly like his stories, I think. yeah. So so I wouldn't say that I was was a big fan of his. And he
1: does want to try and take the characters in new directions. And he he said that I actually was reading an interview with him, and he was talking about how he was trying to come up with a different version of Bizarro. Yeah. And he he, what he eventually figured out is he'd taken Bizarro so far away from the initial concept of Bizarro that it was its own character. Huh. And I believe that's what created the Hell on the Hell character. Okay. Um, Is yeah his take on. On, on Bizarro, that's gone way off the chart. Okay,
0: so just all well for yeah. So, are you enjoying this arc? Mm.
1: It's it's I, I, it's left out basically, or yeah. I, I I told myself I would stick through this and see where he goes after this, and where okay. he's trying to take the book. Because it part of the problem is this book is it's not just Superman; it's Superman, Superboy, and Supergirl. Oh, okay. are all tied into the Hell on Earth?
0: Oh, right, right,
1: right, right. So, yeah, while well, you do get-
0: But Superboy, so, I know you had kind of, by and large, stayed away from.
1: Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I stayed away from Superboy, I stayed away from Supergirl. This is, this, I'm only reading action comics and Superman you, of the Superman titles.
0: How do you feel about their characterizations?
1: There's not a whole lot in here, um, to really get too much of their characterizations out of here. Okay, not uh, a lot Superboy of is a little bit brash. Uh, Kara, they've taken, in
0: a, Superboy's Connor, in, right?
1: Yeah, Con- Connor is. Yeah, okay. But uh, just making sure, Kara is in a very different place than where she had been
0: pre-Flashpoint. They, so she's still like very strongly Kryptonian, I think, isn't yeah.
1: she? Yeah, well, yeah, because she actually grew up on Krypton, so she recognized... Yeah. So she is uh, more enveloped with, in the culture, and yeah, and she's right. and so she still has kind of that. I'm different from Earth, whereas Clark was raised on Earth. So he sees and, that as his own. And, yeah, and yeah. wants to fit in and be his own. She wants to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Not that she's trying to be bad, but she sees Ha'el as a link to Krypton right. and a way that she can reach her past. Uh, so uh, there's definitely, from what my understanding of their, the way they presented these characters, elements that match up with... Yeah. With, um, you know, being presented in here. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not sure that I'm getting a, a big full on read of who these characters are.
0: Well, yeah. And Which, I mean, that's understandable. They're side characters in the Superman book. It's not your, yeah. you're not reading Teen Titans or Supergirl. You're reading the Superman yeah. book. So yeah. you Some shouldn't expect it, to get, you know, a big chunk of meat out of them for it. Yeah. I, I
1: want to say that I actually had a point in here where I was reading and it felt like you took a logic jump that just wasn't there. And it's, it's one of those situations where it happens a lot of times on poorly written TV mystery shows. Oh, okay. I, I know what you're talking about. They, they find a clue and they make an assumption. It's like, oh, that that's obviously
0: direction. this. And the audience is going, it is? But
1: it could be three or four other things that you're completely right. dismissing. Yeah. And, and some shows do that well. Um, some shows, uh, like Sherlock does it, where they'll tell you that and then you go. How could you make that logic jump? And then he goes, uh, which is Watson's job.
0: Is but how, do yeah, you mean, how you did it, in- how did was not this or this or this? Well, oh, because okay.
1: and then they can explain it right, away. Oh, right. uh,
0: it's some it of the explanations just flat out Occam's razor. You know, most yeah. uh, most logical reason would be that that
1: which makes the least amount of assumptions is right. most likely the truth. Yeah, which is actually what Occam's razor is. It gets misquoted and misused quite often. Yeah, there was I think Io nine just had an article on that. which was uh, Okay. Good. So, yeah, what is Occam's Razor and how is it misrepresented in pop culture? So, at
0: least so I think most people tend to <laughs> kind of boil it down to the simplest, which yeah. the least assumptions, you can call right. it simplest. So, either way. I'm um,
1: not too happy with Superman right now and I'm going to I'll wait till I get out of the Hell on Earth crossover and read an issue before I I drop it. <laughs> okay. But, uh, <laughs> I ages. want to give. I, I, <coughs> I want to keep reading Superman. I, I, when I started, it sounded like a
0: predetermined uh, fate there. By the way you worded it. I, okay.
1: I'm trying to give Ludda <clears throat> a chance. I just. Well, I, is he going to continue on the I book? I don't see it happening. It's kind of like, you know, watching the first half of the Super Bowl this past week and going, "Oh yeah, 49ers could win." <laughs> uh huh. Well, if you watched that last quarter, you saw it. You you saw that the 49ers
0: could have won. I don't watch the sports ball,
1: but you do on occasion.
0: Actually, I do on great many occasions, but not since I canceled, you know, cut my cable, so.
1: Yeah, and not, since, um, not since you've been dealing with the other family members that are much younger
0: right. and have bedtimes. That's true. Let's move on, cause we're, uh, we're about two thirds <laughs> of the way through our comic time here, so.
1: Ah, no, um, okay. Alright, so let me go ahead and ask you about End Times, Bram and Ben.
0: You yeah, that's two issues of that thing. What's the full title of that one? I think it's yeah. End of Times. The, the End
1: Times, Bam and Br- Bram and and Ben is what I. The end Times of Bram and Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so what is that? Because that, that, you got two issues. Okay, of that.
0: I'll, I'll try to give you the 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 quick gist of it because I don't want to go too far. Okay. essentially, the plot of the book is the Christian Rapture has occurred. All of the truly righteous people have all gone up to heaven. All of the people that didn't make the cut stay on Earth. Well, Bram and Ben are these two college-ish roommates, and Ben disappears, and then reappears. And Did he say the wrong thing at the gate? No, it turns out he was never supposed to go in the first place. He went there because of a clerical error, and so they sent him back. Well, when he got sent back, what he basically said was, yeah, I saw Heaven. It kind of sucked. I don't want to go. Because you're like, oh yeah, but, you know, everybody's running around naked and everything. You're like, oh, that's cool. No, because all the righteous people were all like the fat and ugly ones. All the old people, like, you know, when they say,
1: you see your grandmother at the pearly gates.
0: Yeah, you see your naked grandmother at the pearly gates. I don't want that. (laughs) Not only that,
1: but you have to live with watching all the people that you loved and cared about that didn't go to heaven, watch them burn in hell for eternity. Well, no, that can't be fun.
0: Well, he doesn't necessarily bring that up, but okay. but his, his roommate does. He's <laughs> like, you know, the alternative is hell, where they torture your dick off. Yeah. And he's like, that's not a real thing. And then later they meet a demon. And the demon's like, hey, it's better than the torture your dick off. He's like, it is a thing. So the entire book is done with this very firmly tongue-in-cheek humor. Okay. That's – it's – I don't want to say necessarily knocking on uh, Christian religions, although – there's a very large chunk of it there. Um, as a matter of fact, one of their friends is a uh, like a survivalist and he's oh I've read Revelations. there's zombies coming and so he's still planning for a zombie apocalypse that he knows is going to occur at some point after the rapture. So the
1: <laughs> dead show rise.
0: The, the title is just funny beyond all belief. I mean, okay so it
1: really is a funny
0: book. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. it's one that we've talked before about. I, I know you you have a, a slight aversion to most religious titles because you, right. you're always leery of that. They're going Bible to try thump and send on me the left. a message. Yeah, and I don't I want to be one, sent a message. This one might have that to a point, but and as a matter of fact, it, it, at the, also, at, the end, at the end of the second issue, there's a guy who does a write up and. The guy is, uh, both working in the entertainment industry in comics and is also an, an ordained minister for, uh, a Christian, uh, I don't know if it was Baptist some, or what it was. Some sort of Christian group. It's some sort of Christian faith. <laughs> but he actually calls himself an agnostic Christian. And he said, you know, my friends give me a hard time about that of how can that be? He says, I believe in, in, in Jesus and all these other things and I'm constantly questioning it. It's like, so that's where it is. Okay. And, and that's kind of where the book is too. It's, you know, a, very I, I want to believe, to look, I want to be a good person, but there's all of this bullshit over here that's really making it difficult for me to buy into this. Right,
1: right along the lines of Kevin Smith's dogma.
0: Where yeah, he put out that's the, a very the good things, place these to put it. These are the
1: things that don't make sense. These are the things that don't yeah, – that that clash with each other in what you've been teaching me. Exactly. And the, exactly. You know, have an idea, not a belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, there is kind of a message in the end, but it's not a religious message. It's a thoughtful message.
0: Yeah. So – Okay. And th- this goes to that place, but it, I would, God, I don't know if I would say it's funnier than Dogma, but it, it, it could be. It, it very well it's, could it's be.
1: It's a different type of
0: it. I As much as I like Dogma, that, that's big praise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, going back to the one that you read, uh, you picked up Snapshot, which is one that was done by, uh, Andy Diggle and Jock, which was the same team that did the Green Arrow year one, which I picked up the trade of from the local library not too long ago. I found it interesting. I thought it was pretty good. Um, how do you feel the team did on this book? I actually enjoyed it. And this is this. just number one of a short series, right? Yeah,
1: this is one of four, so yeah. Yeah, not, not a very long series. Image title makes sense. Yeah, the uh, the story actually didn't quite go where I expected it, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because it could have. The basic premise is a mystery kid, horror. It, 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 mystery noir, sliding towards noir, not really. Okay. Uh, a kid that works at You'd a loves you some noir, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kid works at a comic book shop. Mm. He's on his way to to work in the park. He finds a cell phone on the ground. Picks it up. Finders keepers. Gets off to work, and then
0: badness proceeds so from there. Hilarious. So
1: proceeds to look at it. There's only one contact, and when he looks at the photos that have been taken, they're photos of a dead guy, of a guy that's been shot. Awesome. So he then uh, goes. What a way to, to start your day. Yep. <laughs> Gets a phone call on it, and because he's smart, he answers the phone call. Uh,
0: uh
1: tells the guy on the other end who identifies himself as a police officer. <laughs> oops. That, uh, he, you know, where he's located. I bet a
0: comedian did this. I've heard of a comedic bit where, you know, you get like a telemarketer calls and he pretends to be a sheriff at a crime scene.
1: No, well, no, he, the guy on that called the phone pretended to be a cop. So the guy at the comic shop's like, oh, you're yeah, a cop. Yeah, but
0: this could be an episode of Punked. And, they left the phone out there, they wait for somebody to pick it up, and like, okay, you got it, got it, quick call, 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 call. Well,
1: that's what it, there's definitely that that kind of a twist in here in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, hey, well, don't, don't go yeah, well, it.
1: But that twist is really what dug dug this into me, because it could have very well just been, okay, they're after me, I'm running for my life. But it's not. Okay. And that's really okay. where where I like the twist that happens in here. Fair uh, enough. So far... Yeah, you know, there's no elements of supernatural, superhero, superpowers in this. Uh, it looks like it's going to stay grounded in actual reality, you know, that we're used to living in th- those okay. types of roles. It's just a matter. It, it actually, if you remember the movie, um was it the the game where I think it's Michael Douglas? They hire a oh, firm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To, to cool. basically like chase you around. Yeah, to basically give you an adventure, some life for the, for the day or two, right, days or whatever. right. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this book. Okay. It is things are not what they seem, and then they're probably not that either. <laughs> so. Okay. Um And actually, since we're on it and you're not, I don't think you're going to be asking me about it, Red Team. Okay. Uh, is yeah, it was, another,
0: n- it was another number one, but yeah. it didn't look like anything that was for, for overly. You, it's
1: probably not. It's about a, a team of cops that are, their job is to take down the. Worst of the worst bad guys. Okay. And when one of them gets away and winds up killing a cop in the process, they decide the only thing they can do is take him down. So this book has the, f- starts off with the feeling, it reminded me very much of a usual suspects type feel. Huh. And I was
0: going to say, uh, wanted that show that was on TNT well, a while back with actually Lumberg in wanted. charge of the team that it had uh, Josie Scott on it. Yeah.
1: Well, it, 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 this book, because it, maybe it's just because it starts off with a, one of the cops uh, talking to, in a confession to another cop in an interview room, kind of like the criminals at the beginning of usual suspects. Oh, okay. Uh, so that, well, that, that may be exactly why I'm feeling. getting that vibe, because the well, other yeah. half of this book is the best TV show on television, The Shield. Uh, <laughs> and okay. so you start to get, so you've got both of those vibes going. At least that's what I was picking up from the book. I thought it was really good. So if you like that kind of grounded real world action adventure story, while there's not a whole lot of action in that first issue, mm. I can see that might be where it's going. Okay. so cool. Wanted to get that out there you know, just because I, I really enjoyed it. So if you'd like those types of books. Uh, now, you picked up a book, and I don't need to know too much about it, but the cover just made me go, what? Because it's – Which one? It seemed a bit more cartoony. Then a lot of uh, type a lot of covers seem to be going out right now, um, and that that was the FF and oh, the Future Foundation, yeah. yeah. The Future Foundation and the FF must die. That's being quoted down there for some oh, reason. The, the yeah,
0: which normally FF people say is Fantastic Four,
1: right? Well, which, there's Fantastic Four and the Future Foundation, Foundation right? But they, they kind of split them up. There is a Fantastic Four book out as well. That yes,
0: so which I, you can <laughs> see from the cover why it's more cartoony. It's the artist. It's Mike Allred, yeah, who's so, uh, of uh, Madman and It in the Atomics, which I'm picking up also. Yeah. The main so, reason I started reading FF is because Allred was doing the art. Okay, so how's the like series been? Um, it's been okay so far. the The general gist of it is the Fantastic Four has basically gone off like on a vacation. Right. They they were supposed to only be gone for a few minutes, and then in those few minutes, they'd be gone for a few months, alternate dimension type thing. And right. they go away, and they don't come back. And they set it up before they left of, okay, look, we're putting you guys in charge in case something happens. You guys are the new future foundation, so run with it. And it's uh, Ant-Man, She-Hulk, Miss Thing, who was there for like half an issue and then split. And I forget who <laughs> the last person that is. That
1: memorable, huh? And you're three issues in?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's out, but... What ends up happening eventually and who you see on the cover of this book is Johnny. That's actually Johnny Blaze.
1: Okay, so it is Human Torch. Yeah,
0: it's Human Torch, but, you know, you can it's, see. It's a very odd guy. Yeah, he's got a full bodysuit except for, like, the crown of his head. He's got white hair. And what he basically said was when they got there, something yeah, he, went wrong and they got the trapped form, there. Yeah. So, he has come back and he's gonna try to, he's telling them this is what you need to do to save the, fan- the Fantastic Four.
1: Okay. So,
0: it, interesting it's, arc. Yeah, and, and the Future Foundation has some kind of fun characters in it. Um, and it's Fraction writing it, so... You know, yeah. Uh, I know on... one of the kids one of the kids from uh, uh, Power Pack, which my daughter reads. And, and there's lots of kid characters, because the whole purpose of the Future Foundation is they're trying to get these young kids... Prepared for the... Prepared to take over. To take over. Yeah. And but even the people... Kind of like, like the
1: X-Men school for
0: gifted. Yeah, exactly. And Ant-Man and She-Hulk, the people they've picked to take their place... don't really want to be there. They don't want to be the Fantastic Four. So you have this group of extremely reluctant heroes that have been kind of thrown into the situation. It's been okay so far. I'm definitely going to be keeping with it uh, for as long as Allred's on it, just because I love his stuff anyways. All right. But maybe even after, depending upon where the story goes. Okay.
1: Um, Let's actually jump to the other side of the street with uh, a couple of DC comics Mm -hmm. that we both read. Uh, First one is Earth 2. And I know you were starting yeah. to feel a little bit down on that book uh, with the past couple of issues yeah. uh, with yeah. the first arc Definitely. Wrap, wrapping up. They've introduced a couple new characters in the past couple of issues.
0: Right. Uh, is See, it looking up at
1: all or no? This
0: Too book was a definite felt. improvement over where it's been. Okay. Uh, hard to say if it's going to be worth it. It's almost feeling like this book is becoming like the dumping ground of... Everybody else that people have been bitching to DC about including,
1: Uh, I don't know that that's the case because I don't think it's actually the case. It's just what it feels like to me. Well, they're they're building the Justice Society in Earth Two, right? So there there were a lot of members that they haven't shown yet, and I think they want to kind of they they didn't want to just dump a whole bunch of heroes in all at once, once. right? So they added a a couple of key characters in the first arc. Now they're going back and they're adding a couple key characters. Well, that's
0: one of the things I think they're establishing that they never did in the original. Uh, DC Universe was actually giving Earth Two a backstory, right? Which they which, now have, and I—that's I, and I, that's, I have to that's admit, because I the backstory like that. Of, Earth, of Earth Two
1: was really well. We have all these comics stories from the 1950s, 40s. Yeah, we gotta and squeeze in got differences in characters and power sets that are now present in well, the yeah. 80s. Okay, this stuff was See, Earth Two. This stuff was, was the problem Earth with that is
0: that's the same same. exact same exact same thing that I'm feeling happen over in the Stormwatch book where everything from Wildstorm is getting dumped into there. Uh, Zealot just showed up in the Stormwatch book out of nowhere. And Midnighter knows her and he's talking to her like they're old friends or something. And it's sort of like, okay, if people are DC readers and they've just come out of this book and you're going to throw people like that at them, nobody's going to buy into this. But I have a feeling Stormwatch is going to be on the cancel list coming up pretty soon. No. Nope. It's not on the most not, recent cancel. I know it's not on this list, but well, I have a feeling it'll, it'll, it'll be coming soon.
1: And I'll i ah, I didn't see that. I, I will be I, shut me. up, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but with Stormwatch I'll actually be uh probably passing you some of the uh uh Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiati, Old West, uh Jonah? Yeah, th- th- not this Jonah Hex is the main character of the book. Oh, again, uh Western Stories, All-Star Western. All-Star Western. It. Uh they're going to be having the uh 1800s incarnation of Stormwatch. Oh, okay. As I believe it's the backup story coming up in All-Star Western, I believe with this next issue. That's kind of neat. So, I'm since you're re- reading Stormwatch, i yeah. will be interested in passing that book to you at least or so you can at least read the Stormwatch part of the story and see how that correlates to what's been going on in the actual Stormwatch modern title to see well, if... Probably not pull, much to be honest. Probably well, not. Because well, the way
0: they set it up is that so much in their book has said, you know, we've existed all through history, we've done all these other yeah. things. It's tied in very tightly with Demon Knights. It's tied in very tightly with uh, Shade and, uh, and those organizations. It's sort of like, like, those are like the the shadow appendages of Stormwatch.
1: Okay. So it, it'll be interesting to see where, yeah. what they do with, with it in that time period oh, and sure. to see how it lapses. But the other book that I, I gave you and said, here, read this, was the Green Lantern Corps Annual.
0: Yeah, and that one I have to admit, I, I did really like, I still don't think I'm going to pick up Corps as a book. I still don't think I'm going to pick up New Guardians as a book. I'll probably stay with GL at least for a while longer. Um, And, and
1: really, maybe you know, waiting a week or two till Green Lantern came out would have been better to, to ask you this, but do you think reading this is going to affect how you're going to look at the upcoming GL books? at least the Green Lantern title that you're reading... No, I don't think so. ...to, to help you understand what's going on or was...
0: Yeah. No, because what, what's happening with the Third Army stuff yeah. has really not been in the GL book. Right. GL has been all about Boz and his stuff going on yeah. and Hal and Sinestro with where they are and what they're doing. It, it hasn't been touching on this storyline at all.
1: The Third Army and the... Right. ...the uh, original the Lantern.
0: Yeah. Which I I had knew I saw some of the stuff before, so I I knew what was going on, which made it easier reading this. I didn't know like what had happened between then and now, okay. but I didn't really need to because the way this ended was I would say largely not unexpected.
1: Right, I, I would say so as well. Uh, but I did want to still see, enjoyable. I, I did uh, part of the reason I passed it was because I thought maybe this will help tie in things that are leading forward in Green Lantern, and I want to see if that. No, it doesn't, doesn't look like
0: not? it. Okay. No. All right, so... They're know. doing their thing in one place, and this book is somewhere else, so...
1: All right, well, screw DC. Let's let's go over to Marvel again.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and like I said, Marvel's got a whole bunch of these Now yeah. Initiative books that are coming out. Yeah,
1: and, well, one of them that we would keep up with is Iron Man. Yeah. And Iron Man had a new arc kind of start today, which kind of was a throwback to things that had been happening previously in Marvel. Because... Sort of. The big reveal at the end of this book, which actually it's not much of a reveal since it's on the cover. Yeah. And and they kind of promote it right across the top, is this is dealing with Tony Stark and what he had to do with the end of the Phoenix Force. Right. Uh, what were your thoughts on this book? You, what, um, did you enjoy it? Was I, it a good I enjoyed it
0: art? for the... I enjoyed it for everything that wasn't the book. Uh, okay. Uh I, I enjoyed it for... The writing, but not for the writing of telling the story. Not, not, I liked it for everything that wasn't exposition. So, like, the banter between Tony and random alien girl. Yeah, the alien princess. Yeah, and the alien princess losing her lunch over the fact that he has yes. a mustache. Yeah.
1: You know? I, I enjoyed that part, but for a large chunk of this reading, because the first three quarters of this was him talking with her and yeah. that banter, which it's fun, but I'm going, nothing is happening in this book. It's not much exposition. This there's it's, no story moving forward. Yeah, and yeah, we had you know four or five pages of story in this out of the twenty pages that were there. So while it was kind of enjoyable for the most part, yeah, they should have just that cut well. to You know, cut to him taking the chick to the bedroom. Yeah, yeah it like, cut meet to the, the chick. Chase. Cut to going to the bedroom. We know he's we know yeah. he's got as much game as Kirk does. Yeah, move. Up. Move so, on from there. Move on faster than I'm moving off of this book. Uh,
0: yeah, fearless defenders. Number one, which is a good start. Yeah. Uh, dealing with two characters that I've never really followed before, which is Valkyrie and the uh, 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 <laughs> Misty Knight, Foxy Brown. Right, Misty yeah. Knight. Yeah,
1: Foxy Brown is actually because she was created to be a Foxy Brown type character. Yeah, yeah. Pam Greer, yeah. mm-hmm. black exploitation, uh, right and along with Power Man.
0: This was entertaining. This was I, also a bit.
1: I found it a bit flat.
0: Uh,
1: th- um, there were moments where there was There's, there's a comment about that Misty makes to uh, Valkyrie about her speaking with that Thor-esque accent. Oh, yeah, the Asgardian. And, and you know, she kind of makes a comment about Misty speaking uh, in black exploitation. So there is kind of that moment there.
0: Yeah, which is it's not necessarily fourth wall breaking, but it, it edges that line.
1: Uh, Bun is a writer that is kind of pushes, push, push and pulls with me. Sometimes I like his stuff, sometimes I don't.
0: Well, and like the whole thing in the was, middle with the, the, the scientist being a lesbian. It was sort of like, okay, was that necessary? Did you have to drop it like you did, where you did, how you did? It, it was just kind of like an out of left field go- thing of, okay, yeah, this is a girl's book, so you're just going to throw that in there because the book full of girls? That seems
1: Chekhov's law. You need to. If you're going to have it there, it needs to pay off in one of the later acts. It, it, yeah. It, if you're yeah. going to show a gun, you have to shoot a gun.
0: Yeah. Which is Chekhov's gun, not Chekhov's law. Yeah. Or the or the law of Chekhov's gun.
1: Right. So, but same same basic principle. Now, sometimes they do that, and I can't see how this would be a red herring. But sometimes you do place the gun in there as a red herring. So well, uh, the only thing I can so think the, there of are is, is to Chekhov's rule. To Chekhov's law of gun but is.
0: Valkyrie is a character known to be
1: a lesbian. I don't believe so. She was part of the original Young Avengers team. Yeah. So it's interesting they're putting her over here now. And
0: mm. it, 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 so it, it maybe that have, was the whole piece of it is sort of like, okay, look, this is where we're going with this. So here it is now. Just get this out of the way.
1: Overall, there was a lot of action in the book, oh, but yeah. I found myself not really caring too much. To go forward. If you just want action, it's a good good book.
0: Part of that is, I mean, I think you as well as I, we don't have any emotional ties to these characters. We haven't followed them around at all, so we haven't been given a reason to want to get involved with it. Just yet. Just yet. Just yet. I think I'll still keep on with this book just because I want to see where it's going. I think it has, (laughs) I feel kind of odd saying this, I think it has good legs.
1: I'll be interested in picking up the ne- in uh, borrowing the next couple of issues from you to see where they go. Okay. I can't um, guarantee it's going to be great, but uh, it 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 might be worth checking out. So
0: okay, we are way over on comic time, but there were a couple more that we wanted to talk about real yeah. quick. Um, colder, I will just mention the fact that it's still creepy, it's still awesome, it's coming to an end in the next issue, and go out and buy it. Uh,
1: no, it's not. No, it's not. It's three of five, not three of four.
0: Yeah, but we read four or five this week. Oh, I was looking at the wrong one. ha. Uh-huh.
1: Right. I was looking at two weeks ago's issue. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Colder.
0: Yeah. yeah it's you, four or five is the one where it's okay. like him with the, like the blue veiny muscle yeah. looking thing.
1: What you said about the
0: book. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, son of Merlin was the number one that uh, I picked up and you borrowed or did you pick yeah. it up too? I, I borrowed it from you. Okay. And then picked it up on my own. It's really kind of a neat. Story. I I like where they're going with this.
1: Well, it's the story of Merlin from King Arthur. Yeah. And through
0: history to modern time. It it almost kind of gave me a, uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice kind of vibe.
1: Actually, I was picking up, I was, I was reading it kind of going, this is kind of like Peter Panzerfaust. It's taking these characters that we know. Classic story and pulling it into modern age. Pulling it into a a different era. Yeah. Um, cause although it, it actually is not quite the same because they're taking the stance that this is the Merlin of King Arthur's times. Yeah. And he's fighting Morgan Le Fay of King Arthur times. Right. Uh, there, There is some interesting tweaks to the Arthurian legend that they bring up in there. Right. Such as Merlin is the Lady of the Lake's son. Um, right, right, right. But, of course, this is not dealing with Merlin. This is dealing with Merlin's son, who is a scientist mm-hmm. that we meet. And he only makes a brief appearance at the end of the book. Um and this is more of Just the origin the of introducing him. Yeah, but they did a really good job in introducing that Arthurian legend into a modern time, modern setting. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm I'm not sure what the big conflict is yet because it's very much the Morgan Le Fay versus Merlin. Oh, Merlin. now we're going to Morgan Le Fay versus Merlin's son. Yeah, that's the conflict that we've been presented with. Yeah, so it's, so he's be,
0: inheriting whatever the beef was that the two of them had before. Yeah. It's kind of what it's coming down to. But I think where this is going to go, at least it seems completely obvious for the fact of Merlin's son being a scientist, is you're going to have that magic versus technology dichotomy going well, forward in this book. I don't, I don't
1: quite think so. I think you're going to be exploring magic from a scientific point of view. But at the end of the book, the okay. author actually has some comments and I, I skimmed through them briefly. He kind of talks about how Magic is actually a science that's not well studied. Well, so.
0: Any sufficiently advanced technology and all that.
1: Right, so any sufficiently advanced technology is. Indistinguishable, indistinguishable from magic. Great. Right. So, and that's basically the premise that he's taken for this book. Yeah. With Son of Merlin. So it, it'll. That was gonna be a, to, yeah. be a fun ride. Especially if they do kind of explore those areas, it'll be fun. Yeah. So, um, okay. Things that's not so fun. Uh DC has announced the next wave of cancellations for their fifty two titles.
0: Well, I don't know, some of these are kind of fun. Yeah. Some well some of these, of these some were kind of expected. Yeah.
1: And, and uh well, two of them kind of made me go, really? So uh first one is uh, Savage Hawkman.
0: Which I think project hasn't had very good sales and is dropping off. Not I, I think that was not horribly surprising.
1: Yeah. Uh, which uh didn't Layfield take over plotting on that book for a while? Yeah, it
0: makes sense. And okay.
1: uh, well, but Hawk, have no fear if you are a fan of Hawkman, he will be in the Justice League of America title, which will be starting
0: soon. Right. Uh,
1: next up was Team Seven,
0: which this is such a new book. I do find this one a little bit surprising. Yeah, I think
1: it's going to have about seven issues when they when it finally dies. Yeah,
0: but I only read the first three and dropped it. Well, even in the, like the first issue or two, it, it felt like it had a short shelf life, anyways. Yeah.
1: It, it, it well, it, it always kind of had a short shelf life because of how they positioned it. Here's the interim story of the team that was set up before things hit. Yeah. Um. So it was always destined to have a potential a short shelf life, right. uh, But this seems a bit too short. Yeah. Uh, another one that actually has that bit too short sort of sorcery. Which yeah, because that is,
0: was the the amethyst. Yeah, princess, princess amethyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, which she was a she was a grab from another publisher, if I remember correctly, wasn't she? I believe
1: so. Yeah, well,
0: And another female-led book. I will say one show. thing that I did read recently was Neil Gaiman's Books of Magic, which is the Timothy Hunter ties into the Justice League Dark story that they're doing right now. <laughs> and Amethyst, the world of Amethyst, does make an appearance in that book. Um, if you get a chance to... I may need to find it at the library again so you could read it because it, it's a very, very good book. It's very interesting. All right. And it deals a lot with the whole DC... Mysticism mm-hmm. in the DC universe.
1: Oh wait, look, uh, Layfield strikes again with the cancellation of Deathstroke.
0: Yeah, also not a big surprise.
1: Yeah, uh, especially after Layfield had been on it. Uh, yeah. Ravagers—that's another newer book
0: that that spun I out feel, of. I feel bad about because I actually wanted to sort of like get over to Ravagers eventually at some point. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it spun out of a Superboy Team Titans
0: crossover,
1: right? They, they were spun out of that crossover,
0: but it had and the character a lot of characters that. I did want to see more of uh, Beast, uh, Gar, Tara. Um, I, I, there was like a, I think a I, Goliath or something like that. I never looked alive.
1: into it, and because it's in that corner of the universe with Teen Titans, Superboy, that I've actually stayed out of.
0: Yeah, well, like I say, it was one of the ones that I I wanted to get to eventually, and I just never did. And I,
1: I think Lobdell may have had something to do with it. Yeah, that as Le, well. Lobdell did. So yeah. again, yep. Yeah, for me, not. One of the art- writers that I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and and lastly, uh, one that I think you're going to be upset about. Oh, Theory I am
0: Firestorm. God pisses me off. Yeah. Which, well, in all honesty, though, I can, I can kind of see why they. This was a title that I think peaked early with what it had the potential to do, and it just, ever since that, it like slipped off a bit. As trying and trying to fight its way back, it just it hasn't made it to where it needed to be. Okay.
1: It is trying to fight its way back, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah.
0: And, and I don't know whether it actually could get there at any any real period of time. And maybe they see it the same way.
1: It certainly is possible, so.
0: Yeah. Um, right. but We're going to yeah. need to run through this stuff kind of okay, r- Well, DC is, has
1: announced two titles that it will be replacing uh, some of those cancellations with. Uh-huh. Uh, first one is uh, Green Team. By Art Baltazar and Franco, who did the Tiny Titans books. Oh, uh, okay. I, was just saying, um, I knew old
0: Art Baltazar looked familiar. They won't be doing the out.
1: art, but they will be doing the writing. Um, and then the and that's going to be based on uh, the Green Team is going to be the one percent of the DC Universe. Uh-huh. Uh, both of these new books are actually based off of the Occupy Wall Street movement. Uh, huh. The the other side of that, the ninety nine percent is going to be written by Gail Simone. So I will be picking that up. Yeah. And, uh, the interesting part is I wasn't really sure where they were going to go with this until I saw this part of the promo that they put out there. And I'm going to read this to you and you tell me if it sounds familiar to some, to something else that we know yeah. of. Well, I'm just giving it uh, over and okay. I can tell you already that it is. We are faceless. We are limitless. We see all. We do not forgive. Who defends the powerless against the greedy and the corrupt? Who protects the homeless and poverty stricken? from those who would prey upon the dark of night, those who are sworn to protect us above their power, when toxic government calls down superhuman lackeys to force other, to force order upon the populace. Finally, there is a force, a citizen's army to push order back. Let those who abuse the system know this as well. We have our own superhumans now. They are not afraid of your badges or your leagues. We will not be silenced. We are your neighbors. We are your co-workers, We are your children. What does that sound like to you?
0: No, it's obviously anonymous.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's definitely a statement. Which, taken from in the all honesty, you, you could have group. just
0: read those first three lines and you yeah. would have gotten it from that. Well,
1: that, that's exactly—I I got it from there as well. Yeah. Uh, but it, that actually makes me kind of interesting to see an anonymous. Ha- yeah, is it? Are they going to play it as a hacker collective? It's interesting Probably because not.
0: well, no, because they're, they're saying we have our own superheroes. Then right. maybe there's members of the the meta community that just don't like what they're seeing. They actually do want to join into this movement.
1: Uh, so it, it very well could be. It, it could be kind of a combination. This this actually ma- makes me think, based on Gail Simone writing it, that they could be doing another a t- another take on Oracle or some of the or the, the side character, uh, Calculator. So, more likely, but, I would think. It, it, Calculator is possible, but that would be the villain side of it. Yeah. That they could be kind of repurposing him as kind of that shady figure in the middle, well, like Anonymous, be, where some of it, well, it's, it's activism, but it's also Like social terrorism in a way. Yeah. Um, so it would it, be very interesting to see that type of thing, because they can also pull on the superheroes or, or villains, in the case of Calculator, To perform the physical acts as well as that. But also, or 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 if it is
0: an anonymous type group, it could be both. You could have superheroes and supervillains working alongside for a common cause that they don't realize they have in common.
1: And, you know, it's not, you know, they, when Oracle, she kind of was that central command of, you know, I'm here, I gather the information and then I send the heroes out. Yeah. And Gail Simone wrote a lot of Oracle and Birds of Prey. So this right. could be something along those lines I'd be very happy to see. This
0: would be something like, God, probably feel like her coming home.
1: <laughs> uh, Vertigo has got uh, something that I think is going to be really interesting based on uh, my fa- being Sounds a fan like of it. both of these series. Unwritten and Fables is doing a crossover.
0: Which that was almost kind of destined to happen <laughs> eventually. I mean, with the way the, both those stories are structured, it would be almost impossible not to.
1: Oh, oh in, it would in be some easy not to. Because yeah, you know, Vertigo allows the artists their own freedom, but the fact that they want to get together, oh yeah, is really a lot of fun. You know, Fables being that the Fable characters are actual real right. and actually unwritten to some extent is, is. that same way, and that well, the stories are real yeah. or that the stories can be made real. Yeah,
0: so well, the stories it are tied into humanity. The more you, in you believe a, in, a in a story, the more real in, in the characters way. are.
1: Right, which right, right. goes all along hand in hand with Fables reality. As presented so far. Um, Dark Horse has got a couple new ones coming out.
0: Uh, Brain Boy, I've never heard of. Left of Center? Yep. Was that a was Left of Center a publisher? Um, uh, oh. Brain Boy is a relaunch of the Left of Center 60s teen hero. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing Left of Center is the publisher?
1: No, I, I think it means he's uh, more on the left side of the political spectrum. Oh,
0: oh, okay.
1: Uh, but uh, Fred Van Lenty, who has been working... Most recently on some of the uh, valiant books. Oh, uh, I'm okay. Him you know, writing one of those books. Uh, That's cool. And then uh, blackout, which is a conspiracy uh, concept. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Frank Barbary and Micah Kinshiro. Yeah. Um, so a couple new ones from Dark Horse. Yeah. Dynamite has got Black Bat, which you know, which some people Dynamite
0: would, doing yet another 1930s hero. I never would have guessed. Yeah, uh, and,
1: you know, some people even argue that Black Bat was around before Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually, one aspect of it does remind me of Daredevil and the fact that Terry Quinn, who's the alter, art, alter ego, is actually blind, um, before he's taken in by, a group so more of people. Daredevil-esque. Yeah, well, yeah. kind of Daredevil, kind of Batman, it's, but, yeah. you know, just as a bat. Uh, Valiant is going to be re-releasing its first issues mm-hmm. as for a dollar each, or you can buy a pack of all five for four ninety five, which
0: so, isn't uncommon. I know Image has done this lot with their books. Yeah. Uh, it must have
1: worked well for them for Valiant to be wanting to do it. But I would think if you missed out on Valiant and you want to get involved, you want it, you want to try out some of the Valiant books. This is a great way for a dollar an issue to go yeah. back
0: and read the first issue, which is worth doing because Valiant books have all been pretty good so far.
1: And uh, for those of you that prefer your books a bit more based in reality, in uh, by reality I mean a autobiography. Autobiographical book. Mm-hmm. Uh, top Shelf is going to be releasing March, which is written by Congressman John Lewis.
0: Oh, okay. So um, yeah, he was a member That's of cool. the
1: Freedom Fighters and uh, is the last which living member shelf, of the Big Six, shelf, which, which MLK Jr. Uh, was one of the best known members.
0: I'm trying to think uh, what some of the other top shelf books are. Uh, but, they're, blank at the
1: moment. Yeah, they, they're definitely one of the smaller publishers, but they'll, they'll yeah. be having, this is going to be a three issue series. The first book will be out in August 13th. And okay. so it's, it's autobiographical about the civil yeah. rights movement, uh, which could be, you know, a lot of these autobiographical books have been really good. Persepolis was an autobiographical book. Um, so a lot of these those books you know, are both educational as well as just well done. Um, Boom Studios, another one of your favorite places, oh yeah, has got a book, Suicide Risk. Uh, they initially announced this with the tagline, when there are only villains, being a hero makes you a blank. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, uh,
0: <laughs> the only thing on this that really jumps out of me and makes me think, okay, I might pick this up, is the fact that Mike Carey is writing
1: it. Yeah, Mike Carey who's writing unwritten.
0: Yeah. yeah. and
1: That's that's uh, the big thing that made me look at it. Although, I kind of like the aspect of, yeah, this is a world where people are starting to get powers. And when they and get powers, they become villains. villains yeah. They become villains, so... How, how do you become a cop? How, how are you a cop? How are you a good guy when everybody's more powerful than you are? Right. So I liked, I actually like that concept of the story. Yeah, so. I think
0: it's all right, but I, it, to me that almost feels kind of in the same vein as incorruptible or redeemable, where it's it's like that those giant insurmountable odds, and you're trying to do that one thing. I, I don't know.
1: Th- th- yeah, but at least they had powers and. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, okay. uh, Marvel. And uh, announcements that not actually comic books. They're actually going to be releasing two real uh, prose books.
0: Right. Uh, Hyperion is, uh, who's doing it? Hyperion is the same one that did uh, the Percy the Lightning Thief uh, okay. books, as well as Red Pyramid, a lot of yeah. the Rick Riordan stuff.
1: Yeah, they're a fairly large publisher of traditional <laughs> books. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't books. know
0: if all of their stuff is aimed at young adult, but I have a feeling a good chunk of it is.
1: Yeah, and, and this is kind of square in there. Uh, they're going to be doing the She Hulk Diaries and Rogue the Rogue Touch. Touch. Yeah, yeah, featuring for She Hulk and Rogue, uh, and I'm kind of torn because it's like, oh, great, they're doing romance smut. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say so, I'm, I'm noticing a theme here.
1: Yeah, it, it's yeah. You know, I certainly they're not aimed at us, so for us to try to speak at them, is, yeah, and, I'm not even gonna jump into that. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should get a woman's opinion on whether they they would enjoy that or not. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be women out there that will if they're written well.
0: If they're written well, hopefully anybody out there would like it if they're written well enough. Well,
1: not you can't say that because there are a lot of really good movies that I don't enjoy. Just yeah, Lawrence of Arabia is <laughs> yeah. written well. It's shot amazing. I don't have the best time watching it.
0: True. But you can at least appreciate that it's well-written and cinematography. You know, the-
1: yeah, cinematography is amazing in it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, so at least if they're written well, you can appreciate them for what they are, even if you're not going to necessarily like yeah. that genre.
1: Then again, sometimes it's the worst stuff. Um, sometimes it's the worst stuff that makes it big. I mean, look at Fifty True. Shades of Grey. Everybody will tell you that it's written like shit.
0: <laughs>
1: but they still are selling the fuck out. True. So, uh, Something that's not written like shit, something that will sell the fuck out, is, uh, Calvin and Hobbes strip that's up for auction again. They got, they got a second oh, no one, one up. Uh, this one was originally run. In... So this,
0: this isn't like sell art or something. This is an actual. Okay.
1: Yeah. This is, this is the original art from November 3rd, 1986, uh, which is when it first ran. Uh-huh. The auction ends February 21st. It's an online auction. Um, uh, who's selling it? Uh, comics.haha.com. Is uh, the, the website that you can go to to uh, place your bid on it if you want. Last I saw, it was eighteen thousand dollars. It's not expected to go for as much as the previous one because it's a single strip as opposed to a Sunday strip, right? Uh, but
0: uh, I'm just wondering know. who owned the artwork originally that uh, is selling it. Because I, we said last time that the guy that sold it was basically like a personal friend th- th- of. Th- yeah, th-
1: this is again a. Cartoonist, another personal friend that is yeah. a car- that is another cartoonist.
0: He got the okay ahead of time to say, hey, I want to do this. Uh, I didn't read that f- far
1: into the no. article. I just said, you know what? I would hope so. I wish I had $18,000 because I well, – Well, yeah, that too. $18,001 so I could outbid the guy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to go up from there because that was a couple days ago. I'm sure it's gone up and it will probably go up quite a bit more as you get close to the 21st. Yeah. So – uh Young Adult Library Association has released a list of graphic novels for teenagers. Hmm. Um, you know, they're trying to meet criteria of good quality literature and appealing to teenagers. Uh, okay. Now, some of these actually uh, were um, from the big two. You had Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man, uh, from uh, Brian Michael Bendis yep. and Sarah Pacelli. And then, Daredevil uh, down at the bottom with yep. uh,
0: Mark Wade and Paula Rivera.
1: Yeah, so you did have a couple. Uh, from Vertigo, you had Rite of Angels, uh, which, you know, Vertigo being part of DC. Right. So um, a number of these are actually smaller publishers, though. Um, well,
0: I mean, Scholastic is pretty big. Hyperion, we mentioned before.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. My my Friend Dahmer, uh, Trinity, A Graphic History of the First Atomic Bomb.
0: Yeah. Uh, which, uh, a good chunk of these sound like they're uh, mm-hmm. almost like educational as well. Yeah, the uh, uh historic pieces. Yeah,
1: Andy, Andy Sullivan and the tales of and the trials of Helen Keller. Yeah, right. Again, about historical figures. Yeah. they said oh, yeah. something that's li- literature and appealing to young readers. So, yeah, Friends with Boys, A Flight of Angels, The Silence of Our Friends, which Stargazing I mean, Dog.
0: I mean, reading through these I'm, and drama I wouldn't recognize any of them except yeah. for Ultimate Spider Man and well, excuse me, Ultimate Comics Spider Man, not necessarily yeah. Ultimate Spider Man.
1: And, uh, Daredevil, and Daredevil Volume One are the ones that I really yeah. recognize. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that there are two Marvel titles on there is that are just straight up stories mm-hmm. in, in a group. Yeah. It, oh yeah. But it also lets us know just how limited we are when we think of just superhero comics as graphic novels and, and comic books. That there's so much more out there. Well, yeah. I mean, I mentioned all the stuff quality. I came
0: across at the library. I mean, it was yeah a wall of books, more than half of which I'd either never heard of or were things I had heard of in the fact that it's classic literature but just yeah. repurposed as a graphic. Yeah.
1: Now uh, you gotta be careful with the repurposes because there's a lot of stuff that often gets cut out when they re- repurpose
0: Or it just maybe crap.
1: Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the early stuff was because it's like, oh, people will buy yeah. this for the name. Uh, but, yeah, Will Eisner, the Comic Awards uh, Hall of Fame All for of 2013, okay. they've already got the nominations out um, and they've announced that two people will be inducted. Uh, Mort Meskin, uh, golden age comic for, uh, Valiant, Wildcat, Johnny Quick. Uh, he will be inducted, as will the late cartoonist, Spain Rodriguez. He did Trashman, Nightmare Alley. Uh, they got a whole Neither bunch of, which
0: of, I recognize, but
1: yeah, a whole bunch of other people have been nominated, and you can go to the, uh, uh Will Eisner Comic Awards website to f- see those. The, the one that I noticed that most oh, yeah. stood out for Al me Jaffe. was, yeah, Al Jaffe, Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. That's yeah.
0: cool. Um, yeah, but, a lot of the other ones, I don't recognize them. Well, maybe not surprisingly. I wonder how many of these are more kind of golden age.
1: Yeah. If you're a creator, if you're an editor. Um, oh yeah, you, that too. You have the ability to go in and vote for the nominees to see who, to have them actually receive the award, the Eisner Award for the year.
0: So, right.
1: Uh, now, uh, stepping over into the legal arena, DC Comics was suing about a copyright on the Batmobile. Now, if you're an automobile, you cannot be copyrighted. Uh, that's why you're able to buy a kit car that looks like a Ferrari. Right, that's and then you could have a Fiari. Right. So uh, DC had found a person who was building replica Batmobiles and said, "No, that's copyrighted." The court has actually found that the Batmobile is a copyrightable character. Huh. So the, DC is able to actually well, probably
0: see, because the vehicle itself is fictional. It,
1: yeah, it's not an actual car, it's, not a, it's yeah. not a functional device, it's not transportation,
0: it's... Yeah, I mean, you could you could patent the creation of a vehicle, but that's different from copyright. Yeah. So, well, yeah, alright. Okay. Uh, all right. Legal system's weird.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, now you're, you're the gamer of the group, and while I know you haven't had as much time to play as you'd like... Uh, I've been on a of, lot of
0: Minecraft lately.
1: One of the stuff, things that's they've been talking about, we've been talking about... You know, the Xbox 720 or what it's going to replace the Xbox. The, the PS4. Sony is making an announcement at the February 20th, I think, about the replacement for the PS3. Or, they or, said they're
0: making an announcement. I don't know if they've actually specifically said what it's about. I, Pretty much everybody's assuming it's going to be the PS4.
1: I have heard that it's actually heard... going to be an upgrade to the PS3. Okay. They're going to be doing functional upgrades to it. So it's still going to be the PS3.
0: Um, just, just hardware 2.0. Super slim. Yeah, right. as
1: opposed to the slim. Um, uh, but be- with, between those two big giants slugging it out, a new contender stepped up to the line and that's Ouye or Uya, uh, which is an Android based uh, system mm-hmm. that uh, sits on your desk. It sells for about a hundred dollars, comes with a controller and you'll be able to download and play your games. And one of the things that they're going to look to do is sell a new system every year, just like. Cell phones—they upgrade the hardware every year. They're looking to sell you a new
0: new console every year.
1: Maybe not every year, but maybe every two years, every three years. And at a hundred bucks, yeah, and that could even possibly even go down if you're not getting a new controller with it when you buy it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, a hardware manufacturer want you to buy new hardware every year. That's like their freaking holy grail. If they can actually convince you that buying a new system every year is a good idea, then their marketing department is awesome. I would rather buy a system and have it for 10 years and not need to buy new hardware.
1: Right. But then again, you, you run into things like ref- a lot of people are complaining about the 360 and the PS3 that they're at the end of their life cycle. What we can do which computationally can is beyond the point. capabilities of the consoles themselves.
0: Yeah, which, and that's, that's an ongoing problem with just consoles in general right. and PC games as well. That's why you, people are always buying new graphics cards and yeah. new updates to their rigs. But, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I still feel that the PS3 and its cell processor has not come anywhere near the end of its hardware life cycle. And I think I there's think still a lot of room either. for them to, to flex on it.
1: Sony said it was going to be 12 years before they put out a new system when they released the PS3.
0: Yeah, and the other side of it too, though, and this is where they've really kind of stabbed themselves, is that the, the Sony dev kits, like the software development kits that are given out to game manufacturers to build games for their system, it was a horrible, horrible uh, collection of tools. Yeah. The tools themselves were bad. Designing and building games for the system was difficult. And when you do that, you end up with a bunch of developers that just don't want to port their stuff to your system because it's a bigger hassle than what it's worth. So so you end up but, having bad game support, which I wonder if the Ouya is going to end up being in a somewhat similar boat of just not having good developer support not having the games it needs well, to really sell the system
1: it, it uses the standard android development kit which, yeah you know well, yeah, no, no. I'm, not, I'm not worried
0: about the, Java, the dev kit you know, yeah okay. I'm, I'm worried about just the actual titles that'll be
1: oh, ported over yeah exactly and, and with any game system it's about how getting oh, yeah. the titles oh yeah and
0: uh, yeah. oh
1: yeah oh yeah oh yeah. uh, uh, but th- what they do want to do is, is you know, they're going to set it up kind of like Steam where you have an account, you buy a game, mm-hmm. and then if you get a new system, you just sign into your account and it downloads your games to it.
0: Right. So you don't... Which is very much what Steam does. Right. And, and Steam able- has their piston that's going to be coming out of the market in the next year or so that's going to be falling into a similar type of category as this. Right. So if they're trying to set themselves up to become a competitor to Steam, they're welcome to try. But, well, I don't know that they mm. want to be
1: a competitor's team, but they want to be an alternative, kind of like... Oh, sure. You, you're gonna, you have your Xbox 360, but you also have a Wii. Right. And you're going to play different games of different styles on them. Yes. Uh, and the other thing is, Ouya being Android-based means anybody that wants you can develop for it. You, you don't have to have a special licensor kit. And you can also develop specialized hardware that you can use and build with the system...
0: So you're not. So you you can't. It's not the, necessarily a good thing. Not necessarily, but it because could. you can have people creating mod chips to cheat in games.
1: They, well, they actually the the system is actually set up so it's hackable. There, they, there's again, you, you're, not you're, necessarily a good thing. You can remove a screw and get to the insides of the cap console. Oh, yeah. It's set up so that you can go in there and hack and mod it. And you're right, it's not necessarily a good thing for something like an online competitive play. But if you're just playing by yourself, what? difference does it make if you're playing in god mode or not you can still have as much fun
0: true well potentially yeah. Yeah. so
1: it's going to be interesting to see especially since a lot of uh the people that are designing games uh, particularly for the bigger consoles are looking at you know preventing resale of the games they don't want you to be able to buy a game secondhand that's one of the things they're talking about with the new three yeah all all the stuff i've heard about
0: that just makes me want to rage yeah, quit Sony just did a, uh, a way
1: of having an RF chip embedded in the disk, and the system will read the RF, and it'll be locked to that... Or it's, right to that RF, it'll be locked to the system, so you can't resell it.
0: Bullshit. Xbox, it's got its own thing for... Not that whole thing is just a, a game giant game. fucking money grab. It pisses me off. Yeah.
1: And they've shown that the more open you are, the more money you get. The people yeah. that don't put DRM make oh, more yeah.
0: money. Because... People don't want to deal with the bullshit. It's a pain in the ass. Alright.
1: So, a TV show that I know you've seen, mm-hmm. uh, at least parts of, because your wife is a fan.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, both it, of them actually.
1: Of, but the BBC is canceling Being Human. Now there is an American version of this based on the BBC series. Right. Uh, that has, is still going on as far as I know. Haven't heard anything. But the BBC has canceled their version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was heading into series three over there.
0: Maybe series uh, Four, I think. Yeah. So, Sounds uh, right. But
1: they, they have canceled that. Uh, you, Which you, is too you, bad. It was
0: an enjoyable show. Yeah, you, you mentioned you liked it. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you like Supernatural. It's kind of in that alley.
1: Yeah, it, it's a werewolf, a vampire, and a ghost. Walking to a bar. Are, that are friends and... Roommates. Roommates. Yeah. So their experiences and trying to become more human. Well,
0: just trying or, to, or to survive. Live,
1: to live with their... Handicaps of yeah. being
0: non-human. Wait, good way to put it. Yeah.
1: So, okay. Uh, we do want to say uh, a fond farewell to uh, Stuart Freeborn. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the uh, makeup artist for uh, such uh, famous film uh, people as Yoda, Chewbacca, the Ewoks, and some other many other Star Wars characters. Uh, he he did this effects work that made those characters, those puppets and and costumes realistic, you know, something that you actually wanted, felt was something there on screen that you could reach out and touch, right. as opposed to just an image. Well, made them that,
0: actual characters as opposed to just costumes.
1: Just Yeah, something that's more than just a costume or a puppet. Yeah, uh, You know, we worked on Virgin on River Kwai, The Omen, Dr. Strangelove, or How to Learn to Stop wearing and Love the Bomb, The Great Muppet Caper, you know, all four of the original Superman films, 2001 Space Odyssey, so, you know, Big guy and a prolific if career. If you've seen a photo of him, um, or if you've seen a photo of Yoda, Yoda you, you, you know what you he looks like. him. Yeah. He, he, he looked. He, you know, Yoda was based on his face. <laughs> so yeah. may he rest in peace.
0: Indeed. Uh,
1: I think that was uh, everything we have for this week. Wow. Yeah. We got through a lot of that last stuff pretty darn quick. Good. So, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you just wanted to get through there, didn't you? Oh well, yeah.
0: We don't yes. want to run too long. We spend a lot of time on comics, so, you know. Well, it is a Bounce comics it up podcast. Oh, yeah. We
1: should spend time on
0: comics. As well we should. Yeah. Plus, my nose is getting stuffed up. It's kind of bugging me.
1: Yeah, you're always
0: complaining.
1: Talking about how you're
0: sick. Well, I'm not, I'm, thankfully, I'm not sick anymore. I don't have the...
1: You have a kid who brings germs home all the time. Well, yeah, you, you kid, she spends an entire day in a Petri sick. dish, yeah. yeah.
0: So, all oh, right. No. So well, uh, no more sinus infection, thank goodness. But that does mean that my Barry White has gone away, unfortunately. I, as much as I would love to uh, to keep the Barry in my voice, unfortunately, it's just not meant to be. I am a skinny you, little white boy. So you are
1: not black like Barry White. You're white, white like, like Frank, Frank black.
0: black is. Yes, I, that's very true. Okay. <laughs> that so, being said, yeah. If you want to get a hold of us, head
1: out, head over to about.me slash comic book tesseract. That's got all of our contact information, our website, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter email, how you can text us or leave us a voicemail, all of that's available at about.me slash comicbooktesseract. Quick, easy. Now go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review at your favorite podcast collector, and let people know how you like us. If you don't, let us know so that we can improve the show. So about.me slash comicbooktesseract. For Justin Chaluka, I'm Jason Polioff, and we'll see you next time when we step inside the Tesseract.